Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Hi, I'm Matt Jarvis, uh, and my clubs have been Gillingham, Wolves, West Ham, Norwich, Walsall, and currently Woking, and obviously former England international. started your career in the Championship at Gillingham. Was that a baptism of fire for you as a young player? I think for me it was the, the perfect sort of learning curve. Um, at the time, uh, Gillingham, we had a, a very experienced group of players that, um, you know, they, they helped me you know, tremendously to, you know, to get in the team to start with, to, to the training methods, to, to actually just, you know, having that, uh, you know, the being in the chambers, being involved in the game, a championship game at, at that level, you know, the importance of, you know, working as a team and, and making sure that you do your jobs because, you know, ultimately, you know, winning games was, was a huge, huge thing. Um, and getting three points or, or that one point was, was massive for, for us as a club at Gillingham. So it was a fantastic way to start my professional career by playing in the championship with some really, really talented uh, players. You started playing first team football before even signing a professional contract. Was there urgency from the club to get you signed up quickly, given how quick you got going? Um, I think you know, it was you know, I signed. I did uh, um, like a YTS back then, so it was you signed like a three year YTS. Um, and in the start of my second season in YTS, I went on pre season tour with the first team, and I sort of, but I did really well in pre-season um, and I sort of stayed with them really I, I was training with them week in week out and and I got my chance um, uh, on a Tuesday night I think it was at uh, home against Sunderland uh, where I made my debut and they were you know probably the best team in the league at that time um, so it was really uh, um, you know huge for me to, to make my debut but also to, to experience how good the other team was um, to realise how much you still need to improve and and for, for me, yeah, after that, I think um, I played a few games and, uh, yeah, the, the club, uh, the manager at the time was Andy Hessentyler and he was like, you know, he was brilliant for me, um, you know, as a player, a young player growing up to, to play with the manager as a player. And he was one of the fittest guys you'd, you'd ever meet. Um, so he was just taking everyone off on like pre-season. He would be taking everyone on on the run. So <laughs> it was... It was, it was, I think, important for him to sort of get his arm around me and be like, right, let's get you signed up. We were, you know, really looking forward to, you know, getting you regularly in the team. And, and it took a while for me to, you know, you always, as a young player, you get dripped in and out. But it was, um, it was great for, to be involved in, in the championship. You say Andy Hesitalo was playing manager. I remember him quite well because I'm a, I'm a Derby fan and I know quite a lot of Derby fans had a few choice words for him um, whenever he came and played. Um, how was that playing alongside a manager? How, how how does that work as a player? Well, for me, I didn't know anything different. You know, mm. I just saw him as the manager. Um, and uh, then obviously training with him, you, 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 as a young kid, you have to, you try your best in every single training session that you're doing. But when you're training with the manager against the manager or on his team, it was, you know, <laughs> it's, you're trying to impress all the time. But mm. I just remember for me, he was, as, as being a sort of a wide player, we used to put on like crossing and finishing quite a lot. And, you know, you, the ball used to just get pinged out to the left and to the right and you have a touch and you put the cross in. And he was, he had that unbelievable delivery. It wasn't a whipped cross. It wasn't a, a, a zinged cross. He just had like a, a technique to just, clip it in and it was always in the right area mm. and for me like I was trying to whip it in I was trying to chop it back I was trying and he was just teaching me how to to just put it into a good area um so 
yeah, it's one of them things that for me, I'd not experienced anything other than him being a player manager. So it was, it was more weird when he was not the manager that was then a player afterwards. That was more of a difficult one to get my head around. See, Gilligan were relegated in the 05-06 season from the championship. How did you deal with that as a, as a young player? Um, because you yourself, you had a fairly productive campaign. It was it was a very strange journey home. I remember we were we played Forest away, and I think we needed to. If we won, we stayed up, and I think we drew, and um, and we got relegated. And I remember the journey home just being like, you know, everyone, everyone's on their phone, you know, mm. sort of like you know get me out of here sort of thing. <laughs> um, and I was just thinking that this is, you know, for me, it, it was it was positive and negative. It was obviously gutting to be relegated when I just sort of establishing myself in the first team and playing championship football. But at the same time thinking, well, you know, this is an opportunity for me to be playing week in, week out now um, and really you know, showing everyone what I can do. On the other side, it's, it's, it's really disappointing because we had a really good group of experienced players mixed with a few younger players that were, that were coming through the ranks. So bitterly disappointing for the club and the fans and and to be on that journey on the way home going, well, this is sort of it. Everyone's going to be disappearing now. It's it's sort of like going to be a whole new change room is, is, is disappointing. Mm. And the following season, your form continued. And there was interest from the likes of Nottingham Forest and Plymouth. Are, are you pleased you held off? Because I think it was that campaign you got into the PFA Team of the Year in League One, you know, and obviously a, wolf, a, a move to Wolves materialised. So are you pleased that you managed to sort of stay grounded and, and, and stay at Gillingham for the time being? Yeah, like for me, it was, the as I said, it was a fantastic platform for me to just go out and enjoy playing my football and, and show everyone what I could do. Um, yeah, I'm sure Jules weren't going to let me go anyway, early doors. <laughs> so um, it was just good for me to you know get the experience that I needed to play in week in, week out. And it was a fantastic club and still is a fantastic club. But for me, it was it was the perfect starting point for me to be playing um, professional football and giving me that experience to then ultimately move on to, to Wolves and, and, and carry on. Obviously, the, the, the move to Wolves came about. How much of a big move was that for you? Because they're a big team in the, in the championship. Mick McCarthy, big character, he's the manager at the time. Is there pressure to perform f- from your perspective? For me, I, I was always, you know, my contract was, was up at Gillingham. Um, I was always leaving. Um, it was just a matter of what club, really. Um, you know, I wanted to, you know, I, as you said, I was in Team One, uh, League One, Team of the Year, PFA player, uh, Team of the Year. I wanted to you know, progress my career, get back into the Championship, and there was a few different uh, options. But when I, I got a call to to say, you know, I, I, Mick McCarthy wanted to meet me in Portugal in the off season, so I, I flew over and met him and. Honestly, as soon as I met him, there was no, no no other club that I was going to sign for. He was instrumental in in that. He he's got that aura. When you meet him, he's he's such you know, like a he's a big guy. He's got he, when you walk into a room, everyone stops he, and takes takes listen. You know, he's that sort of character. And he sat me down and told me what you know what Wolves what he wanted to do at Wolves, why he would want me to sign there. And yeah, you know, I think it was like the next. I flew back that day. The next day, I was up at Molyneux looking round, and and I would sign straight away. It was it was that simple for me. Um, it's a huge club. I think going there and seeing the stadium, the training ground was pretty much brand new as well. You know, so facilities were brilliant. Um, they just missed out on the playoffs. I think that or lost in the playoffs. Sorry, the the season before. So I knew what they were about, and for me, it was the perfect perfect move. And there's always pressure when you go to a new club you want to start well but unfortunately for me I missed the first sort of month month and a half two months of of the season um so there was always like added added incentive for me to I've got to get back and show everyone what I can do because I was a bit of an unknown really going Mm. to the to the championship at at Wolves so it was again Mick McCarthy was was great at that point for me because he said to me you know I know you you when you get to a new club you want to go and impress and and you're injured, but he said that when I got my move to Celtic, I was injured for the first three or four months. So I know what it's like, but you, you just get yourself back and you'll show everyone. And and luckily, uh, that's exactly what happened. Obviously, you mentioned you had injuries at the start of your time at Wolves. How important is it? How important is it for a new player to get off to a good start? <clears throat> and, and secondly, as a young player, to, to prove yourself at a high level at a bigger club. 
it is very important. I think, you know, sometimes if you, if you start so well, you know, you just ride in that wave and you just continue, your confidence grows, mm. you, people start, it's, it's just a snowball effect. If you start badly, it's then you're, you're playing catch up all the time. And it's, it's hard, you know, no one goes out there to play bad or to, you know, or, or to make mistakes, mm. but, but that's part and parcel of, of profane, uh, playing professional sport. Um, but for me, it was, it was so nice to get myself back fit and then to go out and prove to everyone what um, what what sort of a player I was, and and uh, and as they say, the rest is history. It, it did feel like a bit of a transition in the first season, uh, especially for yourself. You know, you, there's a sort of delay, or well, not delay, but a you know, timeout, injured, slow start to your career at Wolves. How frustrating was it for you not to play more in those initial stages? And obviously, again, missing out on the playoffs that season. I think Wolves finished seventh. You know, was it a bittersweet campaign in, in some ways? Yeah, I think, I think in some ways, if I look at it, and I think actually it was a great, great sort of season because you have that disappointment of finishing seventh. We we missed out on the playoffs by one goal, I think. Um, so it was a. You know, a massive disappointment, but also it was a great learning curve for for everyone that had gone to to Wolves at the time. Mick McCarthy was getting a young squad that that had not really played at that level or or higher, and they were all eager and hungry to to do well and to better themselves. and And we had a fantastic group of players and coaching staff that were developing players. We were training, you know, before and after training sessions to to work on bits and pieces. So it was a, I think we used that season as a as a platform to, to then perform the, the next year, use that disappointment of, of finishing seventh to, to ultimately, I think pre-season the following, following year, we, we added a few more players and we were like, we've, we've got a really strong team that we could do something here. I think that was the, the, the mentality of, of what we were looking at in the following pre-season. Well, that, that's going to be my next question actually, because the second season was pretty outstanding. In my opinion, one of the best teams to be promoted um, from the championship and you mentioned there was a bit of a a bit of a, an inkling in pre-season, but you know, did did you did you know that you'd go on to dominate the championship as 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 much as you did? Um, I'm not going to sit here and say yeah, I knew we were <laughs> gonna we, we were going to blitz the championship, but we had a good feeling. We had a fantastic squad that had just missed out the season before. We then added with some exceptional players. I think we had like Chris Uluma and Sam Vokes that come in. Um, and we already had like fantastic you know, group of strikers mm. as well, Sylvan, Andy Keogh. Um, yeah, these were were fan- great, great players. And so, in preseason, you could see our performances were high. You know, everyone was flying. Fitness levels were were a joke. Which you know, we had Tony Daly as our fitness coach. We were always going to be uh, flyers. So um, we had a good feeling, and obviously, we started well. We had goals in our team. Wherever you looked, we had goals, and we we played an expansive four four two. It was get it wide, get the wingers on it, get it in the box. We had goal scorers. It was just we had that mentality that we we're going to score more goals than the other team. If if we went a goal behind, we weren't you know we weren't being like oh no, we knew we were going to score. So it was just a matter of time. And ultimately, once you get past one two months down the line, I think we were sort of in the top two from October. I think, and we sort of stayed there for the rest of the season. And it was just once you get that momentum and it starts building, there's it's, it's hard to stop it. Just touching on Mick McCarthy at a moment, actually, because I think he gets labelled unfairly a, a bit of a um, direct, organised football, defensive football kind of manager. And I think this Wolves team is the perfect example of that not being the case because of the tools he had, and obviously his Ipswich, his time at Ipswich, um, sort of skews that a little bit but just how how good were you guys going forward and how much did Mick McCarthy get you guys to be expansive as you say yeah for, for me he's probably you know he's probably the best manager I've worked with um yeah, he I have so much respect and I still speak to him now um because he he was instrumental in my development as a player yeah. but also as you say that that team he you know coming from Sun when he was at Sunderland before they played good football they won the championship you know, they, we were, we were a different type of team because we had them players. We had pace and trickery. We had centre forwards that would head it and score goals. We had playmakers that were number tens. We had players that were on the bench that would come on and make a difference. And and ultimately, he, him and Terry Connor were such a good combination. Mm. 
and they just implemented what they want on the training ground every day and drilled us so we were organized knew our jobs but ultimately it was go and enjoy yourselves express yourselves especially in that championship season it was get it wide get crossed in the box we were gonna we were gonna cause teams trouble um and we had sylvan and uh, chris Uelamo, uh, up front and for the until december and both of them were on absolute fire i think they both were like 12 13 goals before christmas it was it was a it was some strike force does that make your job uh, easier as a winger when you when you know you've got forwards who are going to put the ball in the net yeah i think that's yeah you know, ultimately for me as a wide player we this is what i mean we we drilled and worked on it um in training so if i was running down the line and i'm going to cross my left foot they knew where they had to be if i was cutting inside to to cross they knew where their run had to be and and when you've got players in the box, like Sylvan was slightly different. If he would scream, if you just give him the ball to his feet in and around the box, he was going to get a shot off. It doesn't matter how he was mm. going to do it. He was going to get a shot at a goal. Um, and uh, Big Chris was, um, he was one of them that you could, you, you put it in the box and he would just go and attack it. And he had great feet as well. Um, as he calls himself the big man, he had great feet for the big man. And um that was just a, it was a fantastic combination. And then, as I said, we had Sam Vokes and Andy Keogh that, that, you know, would come in or, or start. And they were, again, different players that would add something extra to, to the squad. What game in that season was it where you knew you were going on to win the league? Because <laughs> they were so dominant. I think everyone talks about it and I, I love it. I, it's the only sort of game that sticks out to me where you just, it was such an enjoyable game um, for us. Um, it was the Forest game where we mm. won five one. It was just, I think it just that was the one when everyone everything just sort of clicked and everyone was like, we've got a fantastic squad of players here. We scored great goals. We were flying. I think we were, I don't know if it was three nil or four nil at half time. It was just incredible game of football. And um, like I said, we were expansive. We got it wide. We put cross in the box we were shooting from outside but everything sort of was just was just clicking and that that game sticks in my mind a, a lot not only for uh, the performance but also um when i set up chris Orellamo and he scored and he ran it ran to me and empired me and went the other way um <laughs> uh, but we've 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 done many things many uh podcasts and things since where he's apologized and done press ups and all sorts we have a good giggle about that now but <laughs> Um, but that game is, uh, for me, was the one where you just sort of stand up and think, yeah, these are the games that, that really uh, pushed our season on. And then there's some really, really big games toward the end of the season, like Derby away where we won. Andy Keogh was fantastic. Um, uh, and that huge games that ultimately you're like, yeah, we've, we've put a fantastic win together there that, mm. that's probably going to get us over the line here. See, I have a bit, in it, a bit of an issue with that game because... I think I think it was Andy Keogh actually committed a foul on Albrookston in the lead up to the winner. So not happy memories for me. Oh, pity VAR wasn't in there. <laughs> <laughs> too right, too right. Um, yeah, moving on to the Premier League as well. You seem to really kick on. How come you took to the transition so well? Um, I don't know. I think naturally you you you've been working for so many years to to get the opportunity to go and play in the Premier League. And you can you can either go two ways, can't you? You can relish it and really go and attack it, or you can a bit freeze and be a bit nervous, and and ultimately it gets the better of you. Um, I think for me, I just I loved. I had the thrill of of trying to test myself against the best players in the world, um, and they were the best players in the world. The fullbacks were were, were quick, strong, you know, amazing on the ball going forward. Um, and for me, it was just about going out and, and expressing myself and just trying to show everyone what I can do. Um, I was quick. I could trickery. I could go left. I could go right. So coming up against like, you know, when we first got in there was like Zabaleta and, you know, he was like a rash. Every time you got the ball, you were snapping at your heels. Mm. But if you got turned, I, you know, I, I love taking players on. And I think that was the thing that, that ultimately got me uh, more confident and, and, being able to express myself even more. And that's, I suppose the, the biggest thing for me that I sort of set, say to everyone is in the championship, you get less time on the ball, but it's easier to do something with. Mm-hmm. Um, whereas in the Premier League, you get more time. They, they give you that respect. You get the ball, you can have a touch, you can turn, but 
then to actually do something, it's it's a lot harder. Um, the players are you know quicker, stronger. You know, it's it's they you go to thread a ball in that they've already read it, they're there. You go to take someone on, they've already put their arm across you and, and got in front of you. It's but then if you if you give them one opportunity, you get punished. Mm-hmm. So that's the that's the biggest thing. Um, but for me, I absolutely loved testing myself against the best players. So uh, as a team, the, the, the club seemed to really fail to kick on after what was a, a fairly respectable campaign in the first in the first season. Yeah, it seemed recruitment was a major letdown. What what were the reasons as to why perhaps you know the, the club didn't really get going? I think you look at a lot of the teams. You even look at like Sheffield United this season. You have it's so hard to to keep that momentum going. I think we did really well in the first season to to ultimately you know just to stay up was a huge achievement. Um, and then the second season, I don't I don't really look at it as a disappointment because I think ultimately staying up in the Premier League in the second season is is an even bigger achievement. You know, everyone adds to a squad. Every team gets gets stronger as a as a group of players and and for us we added players um it was it was a up and down season i suppose but we still ultimately stayed up yes it was incredible um situation on the last day of the season but it's it's one that you can still think actually yeah we 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 stayed up in the premier league it was a it was a huge achievement for the club the season walls went down it all seemed to to implode um, but you had quite an outstanding season yourself. What exactly went wrong um, at a club level, but what went right for you uh, at an individual level? I think, again, it's so hard to sort of put your, your finger on one thing. I think you know, results ultimately weren't good enough, um, but I think performances and design commitment of the players was never questionable. Um, ultimately, the, the West Brom game where we, we lost at home was was a horrendous result which ultimately got Mick McCarthy the sack which for me is understandable I know but um, I think we would have had a really really good chance of staying up if if Mick was still in charge Terry Connor was an, an exceptional exceptional coach um, he would, did a fantastic job as the manager um, you know for me we I think we played 13 games I scored six goals or seven goals in that in them last sort of 13 games so for me personally it was a it was a great, uh, great run of form, and that's that's what um, ultimately kept me um, kept me in the Premier League. Um, but it was it was um, a difficult season. But as you said, like for me, yeah, that that's where you you, you know you you want to you want to continue and try your your very best every single game um, to, to to try everything to keep this club in in the Premier League, and it's. Uh, it's, it's a massive disappointment that, that we got relegated with that group of players, but it's, um, you know, there's nothing we can do about it. Was it a kick in the teeth, Mick McCarthy leaving? Because sometimes I feel that, you know, you mentioned Sheffield United, obviously Chris Wilder leaving. Um, sometimes I feel like relegated teams are better suited with the managers that they have. And obviously the following season, Wolves went down again into League One. Yeah, was How much of a kick in the teeth was that for, for you as a player, for, for a squad and obviously at the club as well? Yeah, I think it was maybe a little bit of a knee-jerk reaction. Um, I'm not sure if there was anyone lined up or, or anything like that. I think, yes, the result was terrible against West Brom, but Mick McCarthy had the full backing of the, the players. He brought every single one of them players to the club. He had that authority. He had that respect of everyone. And, you know, we were, as a squad, absolutely gutted to to see him go. Um, and it's, you know, like I said, I, I, I feel that we would have had a... a a chance to stay up if, if he if he if he was still at the club uh, at that time. That's no disrespect to Terry Connor because he was outstanding, absolutely outstanding. And I don't feel he he was sort of put in a position that it was going to be a lose lose situation for him. Yeah. But um, I, I feel like Mick was was such a fantastic manager, and he sort of I feel earned the right to to continue to the end of the season. Obviously, that summer you, know, you had a good season. Inevitably, there'll be Premier League clubs interested. You did end up moving up, moving to West Ham. You handed in a transfer request that summer, but I guess as a player in that position, do you feel like your hand is is, is forced in some way? Yeah, I mean, don't get me wrong. Yeah, I I did everything possible. I did everything correctly. I, I never once I didn't miss training. I performed on training. I played in all of the games. Um, 
uh, every, you know, everyone at the club knew the situation. There was quite a few bids that were re rejected. Um, literally, uh, you know, it was one of them things that my hands were tied right at the end. I didn't do anything up until the literally the last knockings um, because ultimately I, I knew that that was my last chance to, to go back and play in the Premier League where I felt like I'd earned the right to, to go and, you know, from my performances and even in the pre-season, uh, my performances and, and the start of the season to to get that chance to go back in the Premier League. And you know, I found out that that was going to be the last bid that West Ham were going to do. And, and ultimately, I, I, I had to do what I had to do to try to, to get um, the move. You think the reason why the, the club delayed is because I think that season, the amount of clubs, the amount of players that were, were wanting to leave, that was a bit of a, an exodus in a way. Do you think the reason why the club delayed was because they were sort of panicking a little bit? Um, I mean, they'll have their own reasons. I'm sure. Yeah, it was one of them that there was a lot of players that that left. Um, I'm, you know, it was going to be a transition that year because of the situation of getting relegated. But um, you know, in the end, it was they got a fantastic deal. Um, that's nothing to do with 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 me. I don't make uh, any decisions on that part. But it's. Um, it was just for me. It was all about wanting to play at the highest level. I, I, I wanted to be back in the Premier League, and it was nothing to do with the club. I absolutely love Wolves as a club and the fans and everything. I, I, I really enjoyed my time there. It was, you know, amazing five years, um, and it was nothing to do with them. That the why I wanted to get back into the Premier League. It was the opportunity that that, that arose, and that was my last chance to to go and snap it up. I tell you what, there's nothing I love more than a classic football shirt. I've got loads of them. A Juventus shirt, Marseille shirt, even an Antalya Sport shirt. One of the reasons I've got so many is because I can get them for a great price from ClassicFootballShirts.co.uk. They've got shirts for teams from all over the globe, and that, of course, includes championship clubs. So if you wanted a classic Wednesday shirt, Reading shirt or Barnsley shirt, whoever you support, they'll have something for your club. It's not just shirts either, they've also got track suits, baseball caps, socks, so much stuff. Have a look for yourself. Go to classicfootballshirts.co.uk right now. Uh, moving on to sort of more positive times, you, you played for England while you're at Wolves. Um, where does that rank in moments in your career? I think it's got to be top, hasn't it? I don't think any other thing can top it. Yes, we've had some brilliant, outstanding, you know, winning the championship, getting the trophy, being as champions. But as a kid growing up, I don't think anyone can can not dream about playing for their country. And and for me, it was it's the pinnacle, isn't it? I don't think you can, you can get any get any better than that. And it ranks the highest of the high for me. Um, I was I say fortunate in in the sense that my you know, appearance. My cap was at Wembley in front of eighty odd thousand fans. Uh, all my friends and family were there. You know, it's it's what dreams are made of. You know, everyone can experience it. I know there's so many Jills, Wolves, West Ham fans that um, that were always used to you know message me and go, oh, "I was there at that game." It's <laughs> it's it's amazing. You know, unfortunately, like now, if you're playing international, you're making your cap. There's no one there in the stadium. Um, it's so I, I feel very honoured that I was able to do it in that them circumstances. As well as you know, you look at the players that were at that point in time, wide players that were at top top clubs in the Premier League, and we were like fighting relegation. Um, so to to get in front of you know you had Walcott, Lennon, um, Milner, Downing, Ashley Young, you know all of these top that were playing top level, um, to get in front of them was was a huge honour and a privilege. You were the first Wolves player since Steve Bull in 1990 as well. Again, how much of a how much of an honour is that? Because that's that's a pretty big, pretty significant deal. It's it's a huge honour. As I said, it was absolutely enormous, um, and that's why you know you know Wolves were instrumental in 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 everything that I did in my career, uh, my development as a player. Obviously, being, getting into the England squad at that time, um, you know, huge huge honour to to be the the next player after Steve Bull. Um, and subsequently, now Connor Cody's taken mm. that from me, which is 
incredible. You know, it's slightly different now. I think Wolves are a huge, you know, they still are a huge club, but they were, they've been, there's not so much of a gap between the top and the bottom anymore. I feel like before the, the, the gap was always a significant um, space. So to now everyone being in on the same platform is, is, is incredible. Is it frustrating that you didn't get more caps? Obviously, you look back and you think, you know, it's great that I got at least one. But you know, was there was there frustration that there wasn't more opportunities to to prove yourself on the on, at the international stage? Of course, there is. Yeah, I'm not going to turn here and say I was, you know, I was happy just with the one. I wanted more. I think you always, when you get a taste of it, you always want more. Um, and you know, I, I still feel like my performances were were at the level that you know I could have got back in. Um, I was in the preliminary squads um, afterwards, but ultimately, as I said, it was incredibly competitive competition for placing in them wide players. And, you know, it's, it's, it's uh, a frustration that I didn't, but at the same time, it's a huge honour that I did get my, uh, get my appearance. So you moved to West Ham with a fee going up to ten million pounds. Quite a quite a large fee for a team that were quite recently spent a season in the Championship. Is there pressure to perform as a player? Because obviously there's that sort of notion that you, know, you come in for money. Fans expect a bit more from you. Definitely, definitely. Um, you know, to be club record signing at a, a club like West Ham, which is a huge club, uh, London based. You've got so, so much. So many, you know, everyone that I speak to, you know, any in and around London is like, oh yeah, I'm a West Ham fan. Oh yeah, I'm a West Ham fan. Yeah, you know, it's it's just the volume of of support that West Ham have is is incredible. Um, and so, you know, to come as record signing is is a huge huge honour, but it comes with its pressures for sure. Um, but you know, I, at the time, I think my last season at Wolves and my first season at West Ham. I put in the most crosses in Europe and the most successful crosses in Europe. So for me, as as a player in my position, I was I was very pleased with my performances and uh, and the way I started my career at West Ham. So you mentioned you put the most crosses. I know West Ham have, have got a sort of an iffy record with with forwards. Again, as a, as a winger, we mentioned how how much how, many, how much you worked on putting in crosses at Wolves. Strikers putting them away. Again, as a wide player, is it frustrating when they're not when you're putting the ball in the box and they're not getting on the end of things? Well, you know the. When I signed for West Ham, um, I think about a week or two weeks later, I mean, Big Sam was like, um, you, know, you, you put the most crosses in, you, in Europe and most successful. I'm bringing you in the guy that's uh, that's won the most headers from crosses and big Andy Carroll that come. And he was, I mean, what, what a guy. Um, he was one of them that whatever you did with a cross, he would be able to to do something with it. He had that. He was always just going to you, Jarvo, just hang it up. It if you ever see a video, he's just like that. <laughs> just hang it up. Because all he wanted to do was you to just put it into an area, hang it up for everyone to be sort of still. And he would come and be like a battering man and just go and take everyone out. And as a wide player, there's nothing better than just having to sort of look up and put it into an area where he would go and you know, come through everyone and, and go and win it. But Unfortunately, we, we never played as, as much as we, we would have liked um, together, um, but it was he was he was some some header of a ball for sure. He definitely was. Uh, one question I wanted to ask as well is playing at Upton Park. How much of an advantage was it playing there? Because it's so uh, it's, it's so well spoken about now because of the move to the London Stadium. Just how much of an advantage was it playing at Upton Park and you know how, having the fans on your back and, and whatnot? I've I've played there as a. a as a, a you know, opposition player and a home player, and it, the atmosphere is absolutely incredible. Um, you know, you know, forever blowing bubbles coming out. There's bubbles everywhere when you walk out. You get that feeling, you know, the tingles. Like you know, I would say, a little bit like um, you know, when you go to Anfield, you have that. All the fans are so close to you. They're all, all screaming and shouting. Obviously, when you when your team's flying, there's nothing better. I don't think you, you know, away, away players must be like, oh, get me off because it's, it is intimidating as well. Sometimes, you know, it's, it's such a, the fans are so close to you. I was always taking corners. So you're right in amongst, amongst them. And it's, mm. it's some atmosphere. I think it's, there's, you know, there's nothing better than, than being in a, a stadium that where the fans are so close and screaming and shouting all game. And that's what it was up to park. It was incredible atmosphere. 
you played under Sam Allardyce at West Ham. Do you think the criticism of him was unfair because he, he got a lot of flack from West Ham fans, but you always think, is the grass greener on the other side? And it, it was it, essentially? <laughs> <laughs> no, I think... I think with 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 Sam, he if you look at it, first season back in the Premier League, we finished tenth. What an amazing amazing achievement that is for a club that's just been promoted to the Premier League, uh, finishing tenth. Um, I think you know everyone questions like the style of play, but it was um, ultimately it was about results in the Premier League, and and we finished tenth. I think tenth, twelfth, or twelfth, tenth, thirteenth, twelfth in the first three seasons in the Premier League. Absolutely amazing achievement. Um, yeah, I can understand West Ham fans, you know, wanting to play, you know, a different style of football. But ultimately, results uh, it's a results based uh, based business for him as a, as a manager and, and as a, as a team. We, you know, he he drilled us in in what he wanted and and the way he wanted his team to set up. And he was like a he was like a really old school manager, but. He was massively the new style manager on statistics, um, all the analysts. He was he was like incredible. He broke it down into the smallest detail to help out the players. It was like you had like uh, the first season, so pre-season in, um, in the first season back in the Premier League, he would like go, right, to finish 10th, which is what we did, on average over the last sort of 10 years, you need this many points. That's this many wins, this many losses, this many draws. The average you need to score this many goals, concede this many. You know, you you can you score this many from corners, and this is where you would score them from: front post, back post, penalty spot. You know, he went into that amount of detail that when you, as a wide player, went to, to cross the ball, you knew the areas that you needed to hit, and the players knew exactly which runs they needed to go to get into the right areas to score. So sometimes it was like you know set pieces wise you know we set it up and you clip it in and but we had the players to do it and and he was sort of renowned for that i suppose um andy carroll kev nolan were instrumental in in the way that that was um that was brought to the to the fore obviously you left west ham and joined their final season at upton park uh, and obviously dimitri Pye came in and played out of his skin you know, was that to get more games? I think it was Bilic who was in charge at that point. What were the conversations with him like? Yeah, I mean, uh, Bilic was brilliant with me. Um, it was the season before I didn't play as much as, as I would have liked. Um, you know, Sam decided to change the formation, didn't play with any wide players. So I found myself sort of on the bench for a lot of the season. Um, and it's really difficult as a player, knowing that, you know, you know, everything that you do during a week, working really hard to then not play on the Saturday. It's like you do all of the training, but then you don't get to compete at the end of it. So it was it was a, a really difficult season to sort of make sure that you're you're ready to when you get the opportunity to go and play. But ultimately, for me, the following year, um, I didn't want to be in a position that I wasn't going to play. Um, I did. I didn't want that to happen like the season before. So I wanted to go and play some games. Bilic came in uh, in pre-season. We um, we were in the Europa League, so the ones that had been playing most of the season before, they they had an extra couple of weeks off. The ones that hadn't were in, and we played the qualifiers. So I played well in the qualifiers. I spoke to Bilic a lot. Um, he was brilliant with me, um, and I, I played in the first sort of four or five games at the start of the season. Uh, I played like I, you know Emirates was the first game. I think I played the last half an hour. I played the last. 25 minutes of second game, 30 minutes of third, you know, carried on like that. But it just got to a point that it was literally the last last day of the transfer window. I was chatting to Bilic and said that, you know, what is, what is the situation? He was like, obviously, I don't want you to go. I, you know, I see you being a great part of the squad, uh, but I can't guarantee that you're going to play every week. You know, you have featured in all of the games so far, but I can't say that you're going to start. You know, I, I can't say that. You might, but I can't say that. And ultimately, for me, it was nothing to do with the club or the manager. He was brilliant with me. I, I really enjoyed his training sessions and, and everything about it. But I just couldn't put myself in a position that I wasn't going to play again that season like I had the previous. So it was like literally the last sort of 20 minutes, half an hour before the window closed that, that, um, that I joined Norwich on loan. How how stressful is it moving on transfer deadline day? Because we hear a lot as as supporters, but we never really appreciate how how last minute it is. 
it, it really is. Like, I've never done it before, as in on the last minute of the transfer deadline day. Now, my, my moves have been like during the summer or like you know, when I was at Wolves going to West Ham, it was still like a couple of days before the end of the window. Um, it was close, but not transfer deadline day. And mine was literally like I had a call. I spoke to Alex Neil probably about an hour before the window closed, <laughs> you know, it was, that, it was that quick. And then it was like, um, you know, trying to get all the paperwork done. And, and for me at the time, my, my printer was, was bust. So I was like, <laughs> I was, if, you know, I had to go around to my next door neighbor and be like, Oh, can I use your computer? Oh, I wow. need to do this really important. I had to, she had to try and set up a, like a computer, like a fax machine for me to be able to print it out, to sign it, to scan it back in, to send everything across. And I think I managed to do it with like 10 minutes to spare. Uh, and then you have the extra sort of hour, I think, to then do the second part of the pavement. So I, I was managed to finish it all by about, I don't know, 10 o'clock at night. And um, I then had to travel from down south all the way up to Norwich. I got, must have got there about half 12, quarter to one in the morning. Um, and uh, yeah, it's, you're straight into to training the next day. It's just, there's no other industry that you can do it like that quick. It's just done and dusted and you just got to drop everything and go. So you didn't actually meet anyone from Norwich until after the transfer deadline had passed? Yeah, no, definitely, wow. yeah. Next day, yeah. Next day straight in training. <laughs> it's, it's, it's incredible. Again, like, it'd have been a great transfer deadline story had it not gone through, your printing not working. Oh, yeah, yeah, I know. It's an absolute <laughs> nightmare. <laughs> Obviously, you signed you signed for Norwich. Um, you said yourself that it was the best shape you've been in. So how, how frustrating is it that the injuries started to build up shortly after shortly after being there? It, it was like I kept myself so fit at West Ham when I wasn't playing that season. I, I was, I was regimented in what I did. You know, um, you know, after the games, me and I think Joey O'Brien was in a similar position to me as well. We we sort of worked together all the time. We were just doing sprints after training, after games. We, we kept ourselves in a fantastic condition. So for me, I'd had a really good pre-season. Obviously, I played loads of games for the Europa League, so I was in really good physical condition, and I was I hit the ground. You know, as, as debuts go, it was the dream debut. You know, we won. I scored. I played really well. I scored, and we won in the next game. You know, we were on fire. Um, and then, unfortunately for me, it was the time that I decided to make my first tackle that I've ever made, and it was against Yaya Toure, and he, he, um, he, yeah, he broke me. <laughs> and unfortunately, that that was the that was the start, um, which is is really difficult to to even talk about because it's um I was in such good shape I was playing so well the team was flying um and it, it ultimately I you know I got myself back back fit and played the rest of the season but my knee was never right mm. um and we should never as a team never should have we we've been relegated that season we were in such a good position at christmas and that we we should never have gone um and then you know my knee was never right so I then had to have surgery and that got me went out, got back from that. I then came back into training, got smashed on my ankle and had required surgery. And that was a lot more severe than we thought. Then it was about eight months after that, that I got myself back fit. And then I picked up IT band fiction because all my surgeries were on my right hand side. And then it took me a while to get over that because I had another surgery on that. And then I finally got myself back fit and Daniel Farker was the manager and <clears throat> he was, he was brilliant. Um, I mean, you can see how well he's doing now. But you could, to start with, it was like a, it was a huge change. You know, we'd gone mm. from one style of play and and training and everything about it to to his style of which was like, you know, relentless. I suppose you know, preseason was extremely difficult, and he had that mentality that um, you 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 were so you, you were doing so much that if you dropped out because you pulled something, the next one was in, and then if they dropped out, the next one was in. It was like mm -hmm. you know the survival of the fittest, I suppose. <laughs> but as you then see the season go on, you know, he, he, you trained every day, pretty much you had the Monday off, sorry. And then you trained Tuesdays, you had doubles on Tuesdays and Thursdays and they weren't doubles as in you finish training and you go straight in the gym. It was, you finish training, you go home for a couple of hours, you come back at four o'clock and then you were in the gym, you know, and then you play on the Saturday, you would train on the Sunday you'd do a cool down on a full upper body circuit and lower body circuit. And then you'd have the Monday off and you work that way or the whole way through the week. Oh. And it was tough, but the, the training was long as well. It was like, you know, good two, two and a half hours. Um, but it was all football based. It was the style of the, the way he went about training. It was, it was all very different to what everyone was used to. 
Um, but for me, I had a really good relationship with him and his staff. And he was like, he said, I would have fit in really well with the way the style of play that he would play. And I would have, I would have loved to, but unfortunately for me, it was just a case that I, I, I couldn't get myself fit to, to play. And when I did get myself fit, he was, um, he was very good. We had a conversation in the, in the January window and he was like, look, I, was, I just, you know, basically asked him outright, like, what, what does he think I should do? You know, it, can I stay here and fight to get myself back in the team? Or does he think that I should go out on loan? And he was very, very honest, which is what you want as a player. He was like, um, me as a, as, a, as a manager, I want you to stay here mm. uh, because I think you're a, you know, a great character. You're brilliant in the change rooms. You can, you can really help us on the pitch. But as a friend, I think you should go out and play games and get your career back on track because you, you've missed a lot of football. So after that, it was like, okay, that's, you know, that, that's you know, good conversation. And, um, and it was a decision that was made between all of us that I, I went and played some games at Walsall. So obviously you, you moved on loan to Walsall. You spent pretty much over 900 days out injured, which is just astronomical in terms of recovery and getting, getting over things. How important was it for you to get back on the pitch after picking up so many you know big injuries it was it's the you know the most difficult period of my whole life let alone mm-hmm. football it was extremely tough you know um having you know three surgeries in three years really um or t- two and a half years and being out for so long and getting going through surgery building yourself back up all your muscles you know you you have to work so hard in gym mentally and physically it's draining you're in every day um you you literally the gyms are always looking out on, onto the training pitch so you can see everyone training mm. out there enjoying themselves you're watching the games on a saturday which is for me it's one of the hardest things to do is to watch your team play when you can't be involved um and it was it was so difficult um i was up there majority of the time uh, on my own because me and my wife had just had our son and um, she was back down south so I was away from my family and it was really difficult you know being in pain every day mm. it's uh, it's I, I sort of have to laugh about it now because it's, otherwise it's, it's too too difficult to talk yeah. about um, you know getting told that you might not you know the surgeries that that's the only thing that you know that's ultimately there's nothing more they can do you might have to retire was a very difficult part of my career but I always always was going to be you know in a position that I was never giving up I was always going to get myself back fit whether however long it took me I was never going to let someone else tell me that that was my career done and um, the players at Norwich the staff my friends and family got me got me you know, um, got me through. Um, I was, I say fortunate in, in the sense that one of the other lads at Norwich, um, Louis Thompson, he, he ruptured his Achilles twice. So he was sort of out the same time as me. So we were able to work with each other a lot, you know, training sessions in the gym, making sure that you have one, one day, one was having a tough time. We would pull each other through and Mm -hmm. vice versa. Um, so I finally got myself fit and going on loan to, to Walsall and playing my first game, I think after about, you know, 15 minutes, I got my first assist and it was <laughs> like, it was just the, the feeling of getting back on the pitch and, mm-hmm. and, you know, playing games and getting an assist. And I got another assist in the game. So I got two assists in my first game. It was like, yeah. it's amazing feeling to get back on the pitch. There's nothing like it for me. You know, when you've played football for so long, you, there's nothing like going out on the pitch and, and having the thrill of, getting the ball, taking someone on, scoring, whipping crosses and getting assists. There's, there's nothing better than that. And it was it was magical being able to get back onto the pitch after everything that I've been through. So obviously you moved on to to working now in, in non-league football. Are you back to enjoying your football again? You said you said, you know, just being back out on the pitch is nothing like it. You know, it was that the motivation for a move to to working? Yeah, I think this the opportunity for Woking come about, I had like um I had a few uh, clubs that had sort of let me down, I suppose, in the sense that um, they'd offered me something and at the last minute pulled it away. Um, so I was in a position, I had a call from Martin Tyler, who I didn't have his number at the time, who, and I was doing some punditry work. So he, I answered the phone, he was like, oh, hi, it's Martin Tyler. And I was like, yeah, so I, I recognised the <laughs> voice. Um, and I was thinking, oh, what's he want me to do at Sky? I was thinking, oh, yeah. and then he was like, oh, I don't know if you know, but I'm the assistant manager at Woking. I was like, what? This is ridiculous. I didn't know that. Um, and then 
he was like, look, I know you're a local lad. Um, we'd be thrilled to get you to come down. And we've got a game tomorrow. We're, I think we we're playing QPR 23s. Just, you know, come down, get your fitness. And, and so I went down and played anyway. Um, and um, after that, you know, I met the manager. He showed me around because I used to play, like, literally behind where the stadium is. I used mm-hmm. to play for a uh, Sunday league at Meadow Sports, which is literally around the corner. He took me around there, showed me, like, where I used to play. And I was like, this, you know, for me, there was... It was just the perfect combination of being local. I've got two kids now, um, being able to, it was part, it's part time. So it was, it was just a perfect opportunity to get back to enjoy playing football, being local and, and be able to do other bits and pieces like this and, and other punchy work. So it was, it was the perfect opportunity. It's a fantastic club. And as you say, just to get back and, and play football, you know, I'm 34 years old, I'm 35 next month. It's, it's, it's fantastic to be able to, to keep playing football. I completely forgot Martin Tyler was was the assistant manager at working. It's it's a great bit of trivia. Um, I mean, what is he like as an assistant coach? Because he's around football all the time, commentating on it. <laughs> is he the same as an assistant manager? Um, well, there's obviously there's another assistant manager, um, Ian, who's you know you have the manager uh, and Dawson, who obviously does all of like his his part. Um, and and then it goes to Ian who does his part and then Martin has his bit as well and it's like um, Martin's like he's just how you picture him and what he he, he loves football it's his mm. whole life you know it's he's amazing what he's done in, in his career with commentary and, and obviously he used to play and he's he still takes the warm up and things like that. It's <laughs> it's it's incredible, honestly. You have to sort of have to pinch yourself. Like this is Martin Tyler. Like that he's taking the warm up. He's doing like crossing, finishing. You know, bits and pieces that he's setting up. It's it's just phenomenal. Um, and his enthusiasm for the game is is incredible. So you mentioned those opportunities to stay in full time football. If there was a tier between a full time uh, playing position in the in a league to oh. to playing for working now. Would that would that is it an easy choice just to stay at working? Obviously, you said there's opportunities to do other things. Yeah, I think for me, for me, Woking's been you know a fantastic um, opportunity to to carry on to enjoy my football and and to play and and as I said, to be local and and it's a great club. It's it's only gonna it's only gonna improve as a club. They've got you know, great backing, a great fan base, and 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 at the moment, it's 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 the perfect place for for me to be. Matt, it's been great to speak to you today. Thanks for your time. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.